it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Monday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the Islanders went out west to Canada, picked up one win, uh, two losses, looked somewhat okay in parts and somewhat bad in other parts. And uh, now they're facing an uphill climb uh, as the first half of the season finally concludes on valentine's day i don't know how that worked out but it's one of the many mysteries of this season yeah i think uh what you said is true right like they've probably played some of their best consistent hockey over the past couple of weeks and um they've, they've been outlier duds the, mm. the cracking game the parts of the flames game for sure and um but like the wild game the kings game the oilers game uh, those were three great games. I thought right. the Islanders played. <laughs> they got zero points from them. Um, which, in in if this was last season or the year before that, you'd be like, all right, well, it's fine. You just move on. But when you're so far out of the playoff picture, you can't. And uh, I was wondering if if that was just me, but the numbers kind of back it up. Like their last ten games, their numbers are all right. Um, they're like above the break even point. They're just been pretty stingy defensively. Um, I actually I was recording right before this line change. Or, the podcast my hockey podcast for work and um my co-host is a canucks fan and he he was saying the same thing which was nice to hear from someone else he's he, <laughs> he grades every game for every team after you know it did the box score miss mislead you or whatever and mm. um you know just as a handicapper and and uh he said that the island the islanders definitely deserved better over the past couple of weeks so um you know like if we're being honest with ourselves, like the season obviously is, is it's a, it's almost certainly a lost season and mm. until further notice, like it's a lost season, like they, and further notice meaning a <laughs> you know, 12, one and one stretch or something crazy. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's when you look back at the first season, I remember when, when, you know, when the Islanders were truly, truly bad, a lot of times, uh, you know, I'd, I'd look back at like the first half or even the full season and be like, man, if they just got like a, a point at this game, if they, you know, if, if they got a, a goal off the shin pad or maybe mm. didn't give up a, a goal in the last two minutes against, you know, the Red Wings where they, they, they just didn't chip the puck deep. Maybe like Michael Grabner, like turned the puck over the blue line <laughs> or something like that. And it ended up with them losing. Like I, I would go back and rue those games and think, man, you know, that's what's going to cost this team. Uh not to get into the playoffs, but like just to be in the playing relevant games in March. And 
looking back at this first half, I can't like point to really any individual game like or games like that. Um, there certainly certainly been moments that I definitely jump out to mind on the ice, but most of it is like been just like a tapestry of agony like (laughs) like that's just woven into this like horrible first half of the season um because you look you look back and you're like yeah sure like the one that keeps popping into my mind is that maple Leafs game where they gave up that goal after you know they they tie the game up in the last minute and then they give up a goal with 0.4 seconds left or the predators game Mm. where they lost in regulation but Predators game where they just yeah Noah Dobson turned the puck over and yeah that one I remember but those games they're not really bothering me like because there's so many other things right like it's not like those are the two games that are going to cost them the playoffs right Right. (laughs) there's going to be so much more so that's what makes you know the season like we've said over and over and over and over again it's just it's been um incredibly um quirky and, and, and in a bad way and will continue to be so uh you know, over the second half and the fact that it's only the halfway mark. I mean, I feel kind of bad for the players like to wake up and be like, oh, well, uh, still got a whole other half. 41 games left to go right. after this. And it's, you know, we're recording this on Valentine's Day and, and that's crazy. But no, you're, you're right. We're actually going to talk in the second half about the second half of this podcast about the first half of the season and go through all of that. But but you're right. It, it's not like just oh man, if they just had that one point, then they'd be over the line for the playoffs. Like it's just been, it's been a very odd season for a lot of reasons, mainly because the Islanders just haven't really looked like the team that we've seen play over the last, you know, three or four years, except in kind of little drips and drabs and bits and pieces. And like we said, you kind of saw that over the weekend, they played the Canucks, Oilers and Flames. um, And, you know, Staying up for these kinds of games is always kind of a dicey proposition because, especially in the middle of the week, because you got work the next day. And boy, I really hope that I'm, you know, if I'm going to be gassed tomorrow, I, they better come out with a win. Well, Wednesday's game against the Canucks, I don't know if anybody expected it to unfold the way that it did, but I'm kind of glad <laughs> it was nice to kind of, you know, enjoy yourself having stayed up that late. It was five nothing Islanders in the first period. It was crazy. I mean, they had a bunch of goals. Now, look, a, a team doesn't go up five nothing without the other goalie pretty much just not having it that night. And this was our old friend, Yaroslav Halak. He, the man just didn't have it that night. Was he great? No. Were, you know, some of these goals maybe unlucky, maybe the bad Canucks defense. I don't know. But like for a team for the, like the Islanders to go from basically not scoring five goals in a week to having five goals in, in the first half of a period, that's kind of crazy. And, you know, lots of things have to happen for that to happen. But it was nice to see. I mean, uh, Zach Parisi scored another goal. Nelson scored a goal uh, 18 seconds after that. And then Lee uh, had a, a puck basically deflect off his foot. He didn't kick it, but he turned his, his skate, and it goes right in off of Ryan Pollock. Um, that was pretty crazy. I mean, that was 13 three goals in 31 seconds. It was the second fastest three goals ever scored by the Islanders. Um, and then uh, – Casey Zekas took a beautiful pass from Anthony Beauvillier. We'll talk about that line again in the second half, maybe a little bit later. Uh, and then Barzell had a breakaway, and he had that cool point to the stands. His family was all up there, and it was awesome. And, yeah, okay, fine. Oliver ekman Larson scored p- towards the end of the season, but towards the end of the period, they pulled the lock. But it was awesome. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm sure it's it's always funny when, you know, a team – when the Islanders roll into some team, uh, some team's barn and they're all like, well, these guys aren't that good. And this is a, a way to, we can get them. And all of a sudden they're up five, nothing. It's just a crazy, it doesn't happen that often, but it always seems to happen. Something always weird happens when they play the Canucks. Um, but after that, the Canucks sort of took over and the Islanders ended up winning six, three, and it got sort of dicey there for a little while. I don't think Ilya Sorokin was really that good. And this was going to be a theme because he ended up playing all three games and uh, he looked a little shaky. And to be honest, again, and this is something we'll talk about in the second half too, Zidane Char was pretty terrible in that game. He had a, he had one point, he had a three-minute shift. I mean, this dude is 44 years old. He's out there for three minutes in a single shift. Uh, Andy Green had one too, but I don't. he didn't look as bad as Char did out there. Anyway, Islanders win 6-3. Uh, Thatcher Demko looked really good. But uh, the Islanders at that point, I mean, it's really hard to come back from a 5 nothing first period deficit. He's, it's, I think of the three games, um, like – well, I, I will note that it, weird things happen with the Islanders in Vancouver. We talked about like that weird game where they scored you know, hundred yeah. goals in the third period, and um, also that um, you know Yarrow Halak does seem to just he had that great great record against Lundqvist, but now he's got like the opposite thing going when he plays the Islanders. He seems to always just you know 
fall apart against them. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> our old friend, uh, he, he's uh, he's not been very good when they play against him. Uh, That's funny. But yeah, I think of the three games, uh, that was the one that it, it got so off script so quickly that things, mm. it's hard to kind of glean anything from it, but it just made me think, okay, like the season's back on for a couple seconds here. Yes. Like if they can figure out a way to get um, points out of Edmonton, but you know, I think you and you, me, mm. everyone listening, like we're, we're in the weeds with the Islanders. So we know these things, um, but it's been truly, truly has been a really, really cursed season. Like there's been no excuse for the way they played. Cause it, so many players have just been absolute horrible uh, disappointments. I think <laughs> in terms of just results and the, the way they're playing consistency, um, you can just go down a list and, um, but you really the Islanders have caught so few breaks uh, this season, and and they didn't catch one against the Oilers. Like the Oilers right. lose to the, to the Blackhawks, and what do they do? They fire their coach. So like all of a sudden, you're looking at a team that was going. If the Islanders had played the Oilers, you know, for when they were originally were supposed to play them, the Oilers were in the middle of a long kind of downward swing, a losing streak. Uh, but the, these, these games get postponed. The, the same thing with the Flames. Like the, at that time, the Flames hadn't caught fire like they did. So like you can go so in, in the weeds with how unlucky the team's been. And that Oilers game, I think was such a good microcosm of that. Mm. Yeah. What, what they hit two posts. They had all these, they ran all it right. Smith. Mike Smith was unbelievable. <laughs> like there was just all the, it was, it was all these things that um, you, you were told <laughs> about the Oilers, like came true, right? They, gave up a lot of chances defensively the Mm. the islanders were creating a lot of chance like odd man rushes they were getting good looks but mike smith for the first time the season stood on his head after (laughs) playing terrible for a week of coming back from injury for and they had you know the new manager bounce going so you can really really get into the weeds on how just how unlucky this team has been uh and that game like i said like they had a couple posts and that game was really a good representation of it yeah, well, and not not only did the posts cause a problem, but they had two two on O's against the Oilers and one against the Flames, which we'll talk about in a second. And they scored on a grand total of zero of them. Come <laughs> on, like when was that time the Islanders had three two on O's in two games? Period, and let alone <laughs> that score on the like that just doesn't happen. And that's again, like you said, it's a microcosm. Like one one Zach Breezy shot wide at one point. I don't know what happened. Mike Smith, I think, made one crazy stop, and then the other one. I don't know what happened, but I'm like, come on, really? Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> and and the like, they, they really were like 18 first period shots, and of course, uh, mm. and you know, the, one of the things that has bit them from you know days of yore, the Capuana errors, especially like giving up that last minute goal of a period. Yes, um, you know, the Islanders dominated possession and territory in that first period and a shot of Cody CC of all people once again like gets us just gets a seamless uh, harmless right. shot through but th- there was a screen in front of Sorokin he couldn't see it and it just finds its way in it does you know if, if, if that's uh, Scott Mayfield taking that shot it hits off a shin pad or the post or something or just <laughs> you know hits Mike Smith in the middle of the chest somehow a lot of guys scoring their second goals of the season last week <laughs> Yeah. Including Zach Parisi, by the way, yeah. but like Luke Shen, um, CC, uh, Adam Rzitska in the uh, the Flames game, I think Chris Tanev maybe too, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I'm sorry, I misspoke before. They they had two two on O's in the Canucks game and one in the Oilers game, um, but again, they didn't score on any of them, and yeah, it's just um, you know what's funny though with the the new the new coach bounce, I, you know when I watched the Oilers, yeah, Mike Smith was great, but man, I don't know. The Oilers did not seem like a team playing for a new coach trying to impress him. Like they were still pretty leaky defensively. And like you said, the Islanders really kind of dominated for long stretches of that game. Really, the first half of the game was was pretty much all Islanders, and they had almost nothing to show for it, which is really a shame. Uh Anthony Bovillier did score on the power play. He actually played really well over the last three games. And, you know, he had that stint on the fourth line. And uh he was very um diplomatic today in his uh video chat with uh reporters saying that uh marty and and casey are straight ahead they're predictable players they're straight ahead up and down which is a nice way of saying these guys are grinders like they're not really i'd rather play with nelson and bailey uh but you know they're all they're all buddies and stuff but uh you know he's he's looked last he's looked pretty good over the last couple of days um but yeah. again and like, i think the lines too like like people were up in arms about the canucks game with the 
you know, Ross Johnson yeah. <laughs> playing on the second line and then Beauvillier going down to the fourth line. But it, it worked because it, it, it was it was clearly just like a, a little bit of coaching, right? Like yeah. it was a message after the cracking game right. that something, you know, had to change. And it worked. Islanders come out firing on five goals in the first period. And I thought, yeah, Beauvillier was, has been very noticeable. And um, even yeah, even today, he was like talking about how, like, you know, at some point this team's going to win games and, and they still believe mm. in, in all that uh, jargon. But um, he, he's been he's he's really interesting going to be really interesting i think over the next not just five weeks until the trade deadline but also into the off season but because you know the in the beginning of the season when he was scratched i don't know if that was the beginning of the season or middle of the, whatever it was but uh <laughs> well, he was a healthy scratch matter, was, like yeah it doesn't season <laughs> he was freaking and everyone's freaking out that you know this was you know this is gonna be a a thing um whereas it's just something that barry trotz and all nhl coaches do is <laughs> they need to send a message they do it by sending someone in the press box and it's i think you know he still hasn't put together a consistent season beauvillier but um i think a, a really strong finish like for him makes a a lot of it should ease a lot of t- um fear for the next season right because he's such a key part of the roster that that second strong second line center um winger who can you know play he can play up and down the lineup but Mm. he's gonna if he's good like the islanders really really benefit because they're they're obviously their scoring depth has taken a huge hit um Mm. not that there ever really was much before (laughs) the season but like this season especially uh so he's he's like you know even if the season you want to say it's a lost season like he's definitely a storyline uh, to watch just because they're going to need him like and he's been mentioned in trade rumors a bunch because he's got a tradable contract and he's right. still in his prime and all that but uh, he's definitely uh, someone who I, I hope is sticks around because if his ceiling and if he plays to that ceiling consistently uh, makes the Islanders a much much different team yeah um, you know well, well I guess we'll talk about it in, in the second half but like I do wonder what this team's trade deadline approach is going to be uh, and I hope it's nothing drastic because I really do think that this is just kind of an, an, an weird outlier season. And, and Beauvillier is kind of like the poster child for that. Like this has not right. been a season that he would normally have had Kyle Palmieri probably even more so, but I mean, Bo has been here for a lot longer. <laughs> we Kyle Palmieri is going to have like, you know, you know, when you're sick and you like, you're like, you have like a fever or whatever. And it just, you just have that, those weird, I guess fever dreams or whatever, but you're like in your bedroom, your the lights are off and it's dark and you're like sweating. I feel like that's how the season's gone for Kyle. He's like been hallucinating and, and all sorts of stuff. And hopefully, at, you know, at the other end of it, it's just going to be a bad trip. And right, uh, but yeah, like similarly, like I think another very important part of the season is going to be like, can that guy find the back of the net and find some confidence? Right, because uh, he's not going anywhere. So it's like it's, exactly, it's it's yeah. we we really don't know what the plan for next season will be until. Mm this second half happens because these, if these guys like put together something, all of a sudden you're like, okay, like maybe, you know, it was just this crazy aberration of a, of a season that, um, as they've, you know, it's been biblical, right? That's been like the seven plagues of the Islanders so far. (laughs) Uh, hopefully, uh, next season they, they, they have earned some good karma. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen people be like, Oh, well they need to, they need to buy out Palmer. Palmer not getting, bought out it doesn't matter what he's doing he's here for a long time and yeah just but you just you saying that reminds me that you know jason chimera had 20 goals his one season with the islanders and if you could remember any of them i would you're a better fan than i am and i, I think he would he had like two goals throughout like christmas yeah and then he finished with 18 and it was like okay i don't you know isn't 20 goals supposed to be meaningful like isn't that like, <laughs> like a good thing oh, 20 goals yeah that's great um but uh i hope you know this is I hope I hope Paul Mary's career ends up better <laughs> with the Islanders than Chimera's did. But uh, but before we move on to the Flames game, with the Oilers game, though, you brought up a good point. Like they did they did play very well in that game, and you know I think McDavid ended up with two assists, but he was actually he was pretty quiet. Like he didn't turn anybody inside out. Even Drysaddle, like he had a couple moments on the power play, I think, but he didn't really do a whole lot. And it's games like that that remind reminded me anyway, and I don't know if they remind other people, but like this team can play their way they can still play their style we've seen it happen this season just like you said it just hasn't happened consistently or or frequently (laughs) which is the problem but they can do it it's still there uh it's just i don't think this roster has it in them whether it's construction or 
tired or whatever, you know, fatigue, we'll, we'll talk about later. But it, it was in a way, like you said, like in a normal season, a loss like that, hey, you know what? What are you going to do? Mike Smith stood on his head. He played really well. You just get him again the next time. This has been an anything but a normal season. And the other second problem is that the next night they roll into Calgary, who's one of the best teams in the league and had, you know, after a little bit of a squishy period around Christmas or so have found their way again. They had won five or six in a row or something like that. Very hard team to beat at home, especially historically. And I thought for the first couple, oh, actually before Simeon Varlamov was supposed to start the game, which makes sense. Sorokin started the first, the two earlier games. And all of a sudden, Varlamov's not there. They had to pull him for COVID restrictions. I guess he had tested positive. And as far as we know, I think he's still there because they called up Corey Schneider today. So this is another problem now because now you're talking about another guy who could conceivably maybe you know end up getting traded someplace else uh, at the deadline. But that's a situation they'll have to sort out. And so you got Varl- you know you get you're playing a really really good team coming off of a game in which you played really well and came away with absolutely nothing and your goalie starting back-to-back games. Uh, and it was sort of a recipe for disaster a lot, you know, uh, all the way around. I thought the Islanders started that game pretty well uh, before the Flames took over, especially once Adam Rujitska, whoever he is, uh, scored. Uh, for, uh, really, the, the the goal was set up by Rasmus Anderson, who was like coming all the way around the net. He was kind of doing the Barzell tour around the, the zone because the Islanders just couldn't catch him. Uh, Noah Dobson tied the game very briefly on the power play, and he's, he's another guy who's played pretty well lately. But then Chris Tanev scored a goal that I think under normal circumstances, Ilya Sorokin probably would have and, and would not have allowed because it was kind of from distance. And from that point on, it was pretty boring. Um, it, it just They just couldn't really get anything done. They, again, they briefly uh, – oh, no, sorry. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane scored. Um, there was a bunch of failed passes before that, like Barzell tried to connect with a pass in league, couldn't make it. Somebody else tried to pass, ends up on the stick of Mangiapane. He scores. Pajot makes it 3-2 and a nice feed from Parisi. And you thought, okay, this is great. Then they get a power play at the end of the second period. Right there, right? With like two minutes left. And you think to yourself, okay, if they can tie this game right here, they can salvage this. No, they haven't played that well for the last period and change, but they can do this. Not only did they not score on the power play, they were absolutely terrible on that power. They just wasted. They really just kind of threw it away. They just didn't do anything. They didn't mount any sort of uh, attack. They didn't have the puck for very long. They barely got into the flame zone. And that was pretty much the game right there. By the third period, they were cooked. They had no gas. They couldn't. Have, they couldn't have the puck at any moment. They couldn't cycle anything, and it ends up being 5-2 Calgary. And like much like their game that they played against the Flames at UBS Arena when the arena opened, you know, maybe that, that score is a little bit misleading, but, I mean, it's not like the Flames didn't deserve to win, and the Islanders just ran out of gas. And it was, again, a biblical, another yet another biblical turn <laughs> of, of misfortune for this team, and they just couldn't put it together. And, you know, they would have needed some luck to beat the Flames anyway, but they had none as they have had none almost all season long. And there you go. And now all of a sudden, you know, and oh, and by the way, it had to be on hockey night in Canada too, the late game. So <laughs> now all of Canada, this is what they think of as the Islanders, this ineffective, impotent team that gets caught in their own zone. They, they're playing Zidane Chara. He gets caught in his own zone all the time. He's cooked. They can't score. And their goalie's not that good. So that's, that's the way they're going to think of the Islanders now for the next year and change until the Islanders, you know, make the Stanley cup final or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the, uh... Another like little thing that you, 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 I guess COVID protocol gets a little bit more um, attention than you know normal thing. But yeah, the fact that Varlamov goes out for the warmups and comes back into the locker room, and then they say, "Oh no, you can't play because you're you know you tested positive." Uh, it's just yeah, like it's a, just a, like you said, another biblical thing. Uh, the Islanders have had two outbreaks uh, this season, and the goalies never. Uh, uh, weren't affected protocol and and all of a sudden you're like oh well perfect timing with the (laughs) back-to-back and the warm-ups and now like yeah you throw Sorokin in and and it's it stinks because he's like he he's had a a little bit of a a downtick in form over the past couple weeks um as the team's kind of started to play a little bit better he's hit the goaltending has uh I want to say it's been bad but it's not been uh, at the level in in a weird way like the goalies were playing better when they were losing um, <laughs> or when they were playing worse, the team was playing worse, which has been funny, but um, yeah, I, I think tomorrow in Buffalo is a big game for him to kind of get him back on to, into yeah. like his, his early season form, which I, I, I assume he will be. Um, but 
yeah, the Flames game, it it, it just it, as soon the second that the Islanders lost that Oilers game, um, it, actually the second that in in another like so there have been so many weird goals scored against this team. Even this like the CC goal, sure, like that's you can that's a goal that goes in one out of every hundred times. But right, yeah, you know, screenshot, like, yeah, the ice, yeah, the the Jesse Puljujarvi goal. Where he the, the the Oilers it was like a fifty fifty face off and oh, he's right. falling down and just like pokes it through right. Sorokin like yeah he swept it underneath him yeah on it was just like <laughs> that goal that goal happens once a season in the entire league right. and it just ends up happening to the Islanders and there's been a <laughs> bunch of that like you know we we talk about goals going off of you know, Noah Dobson one off of Andy Green skate to like a perfect setup a couple games ago as well um but. You know, I would love to that you know Sorokin just to like put, be able to post some, you know, zero tomorrow against the Sabers because like same thing uh, as I was saying with the other guys like Beauvillier and um, a strong second half from him and he he's been great. I think uh, you you and I were talking a little bit about like who the Islanders' first half MVP is and we can get to that you know in the second half. But um, you know, he, it was Sorokin was looked like a runaway for a mm. while, right. um, but he. It, if he has another strong second half, once again, it's just like eases tension and going into the, the next season. Um, but I, I mean, I have every bit of confidence in him and it just sucks because he's he like, he, I think I, I'm, I don't watch every game and for other teams, of course, but like I would be shocked if there's been a goalie who's been as unfortunate in terms of uh, bounces in and around his crease uh, than he's been this season, because it just seems like every, there was a stretch that every goal that was scored against them uh, in those Flyers games, I can remember a few that, that they were just like really funky, and that mm. really hasn't stopped. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if that's that's part of the defense, though. Like you know, sort of bad luck for goalies. <laughs> you know, like if if it wasn't how many go- how many of those goals on the ice was like Chara or Green or even Mayfield really on the ice for at that point? You know, like. I would be curious to find that out because I mm-hmm. agree with you. Like, it seems like he gets a lot of sort of bad bounces, but you know, that, 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 that pull Yarvey goal, I completely forgot about it. And now you've reminded me. Thanks. Yeah. But that was embarrassing. <laughs> like, it was like, what? He wasn't ready. Like I got a Di Pietro kind of vibe from that. One. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, you're ready for a million different things off a of face off and that's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, th- that puck went through like three different sets of legs and the right. guy who fell down ended up with it on his stick. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, oh, and it was his, his first belly. goal in 15 games. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> like it was just, it's just unbelievable. Uh, yeah. and right. yeah, it was a type of goal that just made you shake your head and be like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, seven times a game, you can say this is a cursed season, and that was definitely one of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, um, so just looking ahead real quick, uh, you you already mentioned the Sabers game. That's that's Tuesday, the day you're going to listen to this at seven o'clock. Then they play the Bruins on Thursday, and then a uh, matinee against the Canadians on Sunday at two. Uh, it's a weird start time, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I think you know this Buffalo team is has not had a good season too. But you know Jeff Skinner is coming off a four goal game against the Canadians, um, and they can still mess you up. Alex Tuck is playing well, so this is not a gimme by any chance. But all of a sudden, it becomes a pretty important game. Uh, the Bruins are technically still, you know, catchable by the Islanders. They're not going to have Brad Marchand who is suspended again. They're not going to have uh, Patrice Bergeron who is hurt, and they're not going to have Tuka Rask who basically just retired because his uh, recovery and, and return to the league hadn't gone the way he had hoped. So, I mean, again, like that's another big game. Like if you, if they win both of these games, then they're extremely slim playoff hopes. And I use those terms very, very loosely uh, are still alive, but even still, like, again, it goes back to what you've been saying, like just confidence level. And, and Barry Trotz talked about this today. He said, you can't just give somebody confidence. Like they have to earn it. They have to get it. And you, you give them that by putting them in good situations and, and hoping that they have success and, and focusing on the success and like focusing on what they're doing well and, and what they can do better, you know, right then and there and, and, and what they can grab onto as something that's working for them. <laughs> and if they can get these two games in and get them as wins, that's even better. And then the Canadians game. So the Canadians fired their coach. Uh, Dom Ducharme, who took them to the cup final last year. They replaced him with Marty San Louis, the old Ranger, personal favorite of mine until he became a Ranger, but in any event. Um, and in his introductory press conference, he talked about how the players have to learn structure, not 
a system because then they rely on the system and it takes away the creativity and they can't sort of think in reads. And of course, everybody started throwing laurels at this guy. Oh my God, what a, <laughs> what a modern thinker. This, yes, this finger is pointing to the video. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like the guy hasn't even won a game. Can we, can he win a game first in the NHL before we're like anointing him the future of coaching? And I say that knowing that his first win is 100% going to come in that game. The Islanders are totally going to lose that game. The, the Habs only have one game this week. They play the, the Blues, uh, I think, Wednesday. And then they play the Islanders, and then they have the Leafs right after. So they are 100% going to win that game. And everybody and their grandmother is going to be like, oh, you see, Trotz is a dinosaur. These guys are old, and San Luis is the new way. And then they're going to lose the next 50 games in a row, probably. Yeah. So. Just, I'm just saying, be prepared for that. However, if the Islanders can win that one too, well, so much the better. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I think in terms of like the schedule ahead of us, right? Like, it's. I think the best case scenario right now for as we stand here mm. uh, is false hope, right? Like <laughs> the Islanders can give us like a little bit more false hope. It's kind of like a drug. You're just like, come on. Like I remember watching that Vegas game at UBS Arena, mm. um, and they played well that game and, and lost in overtime. But you know, we felt. It felt like a high stakes game, and I left, and I was like, "There's still, you know, 18 points or whatever, how far <laughs> back they were that night." But because like of the games at hand and whatever, like there was some false hope walking out of that arena. Right. Um, and if they can get that false hope back by winning three very winnable games, um, mm. you know, I, I would consider that a pretty pretty great. <laughs> and uh, on, on the Saint Louis thing, uh, <laughs> it's just it's like. The, the the hypocrisy of of the way that not it's like the media but like hockey twitter at large the gate gatekeepers of hockey twitter mm. like tr- treat things like this is just hilarious to me because um if another team hired marty st louis who has this highest level of coaching was um peewees i think and yeah or something uh it would just be classic you know classic canucks or classic islanders mm. whatever you know like can't can't believe they would do that lol but like <laughs> because it's first of all because it's marty st louis he's you know and people love him i don't my friend from montreal <laughs> texted me he's like what do you think of marty st louis and i say hate his guts because of the <laughs> ranger stuff and, and i mean it, like it would be very different if he never played for the rangers but right. he played for the rangers and and they went to the stanley cup the year that he made play right. for the rangers so um yeah, hate his guts um he you know it's so he his you know general affability and also plays a part in this but it's just so funny that this is being viewed this was viewed as like a oh look at this like this could be interesting like what a what a progressive way to think about this like whereas if yeah if, if the oilers did it good god like can you yeah. imagine wow. um the firestorm that would have been raised but <laughs> yeah uh yeah, yeah, three the three game winning streak, and all of a sudden, yeah, the false hopes back. But like you said, I, I, I mean that that Canadians game is especially if they beat the Sabers and and Bruins, who, who will be without, like you said, some some key pieces. Uh, if 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 that happens, um, and they lose to that Canadians game, <laughs> I mean, the best case scenario for the Islanders for that game is to beat the Canadians and then have the Habs win the next game the night after against the Leafs. Not that that Leafs game would matter a lick to the Islanders; it would just be right. fun. Basically, it would just be fun. Right, just for the chaos factor, basically. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's all. It's all true. Yeah, false hope. I mean, when false hope is your best case scenario. But I, I mean, mean, I don't even. <laughs> that, that's how. That's. Uh, I think this is going to be a theme of this show mm. for the next couple of weeks. Here is that. <laughs> that's how being an Islander fan was for a very long time, and yes. I don't think people remember that. You know, they right. they they've had three great seasons under uh, uh, Barry Trotz, and he's if not reason just reason a b and c he's reason a b c and d that that they've done that um yeah. he's before that the in most seasons you're just wishing like oh man i hope this team can keep me just invested until <laughs> you know pitchers and right. catchers report or something like that yeah. right like that's all you were really asking for because you knew going into a season where you're playing in a division with Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin and henrik lundquist in their prime the other team mm. is the devils with marty brodor and are amazing like you're just thinking god if the islanders can just hang around like nhl 500 until <laughs> president's day that that would be great i i would love that i would love to go to the coliseum to watch them play you mm. know the penguins on february 15th and for it to mean something <laughs> and most seasons they didn't even get to that right 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and and here they are now, hoping for that. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a weird turnaround, but uh, you know, I don't I don't know. But uh, let's um let's pause there, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that exact scenario uh, in the second half and and how we sort of got to this point over the first half, which again took way too long <laughs> to, uh, to complete. And uh, now we'll somehow kick off, uh, you know, in the middle of February. Weird. So uh, yeah, come, come join us on the other side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And now a word from our sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Code I don't believe is working yet, but we'll let you know when it does. But uh, check out VintageIceHockey.com. No matter what, they always have a, a cool clearance section, too. So if you want to get something on sale, you can check it out there, too. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, or Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Please drink and play responsibly. So normally in the second half of these episodes, we look ahead to the next Islanders games or event or whatever it is. But this time we're going to look backwards. We're going to look back at the first half of the season and kind of think about what we gleaned so far about this team from the first 41 games of the season. And I mean, we've talked about it before here. We've talked about it in other episodes. This team is not the same as the team that we've seen the last couple of years. They just aren't. They don't have the same abilities. They don't have the same um kind of resolve they might want to i don't think the makeup like mentally of the team is is all that different brock nelson was talking about today how how close they are how much the love they have for each other and how much they all want to win and i, I believe that's there but it's there's something about this team again either they're fatigued after three very long grueling mentally emotionally physically exhausting seasons uh, or the makeup of the roster just isn't quite as good. I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum. They traded Nick Letty. They lost Jordan Eberle. I don't think either of those two, those two things are really all that terrible on the surface, but they haven't quite replaced them, or at least their replacements haven't worked out. Claude, you know, Kyle Palmieri, just, you know, he has not scored as much as he would have hoped, as much as they thought he would have hoped. You know, he's not the same exact player as Jordan Eberle, but you thought the production would be the same. It has not been. Um, I don't know if they thought Zdeno Char was a long-term or at least, you know, season-long replacement for Nick Letty, but boy, has that not worked out well. <laughs> Again, it's it's been hard to watch him out there, friends. Like, it's very – we were all excited, and I wanted him – I wanted it to work out, and it simply hasn't. And again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I didn't say that Jordan Everly and Nick Letty couldn't have been traded at any point in the last couple of years. I'm sure I have. But it's just they haven't been replaced properly, and – they're getting nothing from their defense, their uh, offensively anyway. They're getting caught in their own zone more than they have in the last three years combined. Their high danger chances for and against are actually middle of the pack, which is a little bit surprising. Um, but normally those are, you know, they're up in the uh, top 10 in high danger chances for, and that just hasn't happened this year. High danger chances against, uh, they should also, you know, be a little bit higher, but they're not. And their shooting percentage is amongst the worst in, in the NHL. So, all that has added up to a first half of the season that has just been miserable. And then you add on all the other stuff, like the 13-game road trip, 
Mike said that not one, but two COVID breakouts, <laughs> the postponements, the, the, you know, the having to sit around the, the, you had this long road, you had the, the long road trip and then you were home for a long time, but you had Ryan Pollock was hurt. You had a bunch of guys with COVID. You open a new season, a new arena with eight different, you know, eight new players that weren't in their lineup when they would be minor leaguers. It's just one thing after another. And here we are on Valentine's day and, They've only played 41 games. They have, like, they have 41 games or 40 games left this season. That's a lot to squeeze in in the next two months, really two, two months, two and a half months. That's a lot. And I mean, wherever it goes from here, this has just not been a fun season. <laughs> and some of that is not their fault. Some of it is. But when you take it all in, it's been a lot. And, and the, the fact that nobody really pays attention besides us kind of makes it feel a little bit like we're kind of on an island a little bit. Mm. You know? pun intended like nobody everybody notices like Ben Chirot got put in not to bring up the Habs again but like they had to put Ben Chirot on, on LTIR and he was like their big trade chip and so one of their big trade chips and I was like oh my god this this season is cursed I'm like dude you're not the only team with a cursed season going on here and I guarantee somewhere right now there are two Dallas Stars fans talking about how cursed their season has been this season too like it just it happens so uh I don't know I don't know whether another way to put it other than just it's been a cursed first half and yeah. You know, maybe the second half is a little less cursed, but to one end, like you said, I mean, it's basically a lot of false hope at this point, but that's all we'd have, basically. Yeah, I think like it's I never thought of it this way until you just said it, but like it has been kind of lonely in in terms of uh, this this first half, because, yeah, the only people who truly would understand you when Mm. you talk about it are other Islander fans like nobody wants nobody has time for for another fan bases. you know, bickering and even no matter how valid it is, even, you know, Barry Trotz, when they were talking about the COVID stuff and he's like, no one's going to feel sorry for us. They're just going to come here and beat us and get out of here with two points. And, right. uh, and I think, so I think lonely is, it's been a very lonely first half is a funny way to put it <laughs> in terms of like fandom and uh, like, who can you turn to? Like right. we can turn to the fan base, but the, like I said on the last show, like when your team's not playing well, the fan base just wants to tear each other apart because of, uh, <laughs> You know, it's whatever. Every everyone has a different way to fix the team, different vision for a rebuild. When there's only a select group of people that their vision matters, and they're mm. employed by the Islanders and aren't going to share their vision with anybody. Um, so it's it's it it's it does feel lonely because there's very because that then takes a already small pool of people you can talk to about it uh, and and whittles it down even further um, because there's not no matter what kind of fan you are like if 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 you are someone who's like who who wants to complain about the coaching and the the roster construction by all means like you can be a fan however you want that's just like i i just can't do it (laughs) anymore like so it's like i'm not gonna talk to somebody who's like oh we gotta fire you you know the coach and or he's he's got to come under some scrutiny he has and i mean that's his team is is completely floundering compared to expectations so you don't think he he feels that pressure of course he does but uh you know the people that who who i'm I'm having conversations with are are more like you know just like you and i like shaking your heads and your fists at the sun and and wondering like what like curse Mm. what 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 and and i said i think i said this before like i i wonder i really do think i and i'm sure i wasn't alone doing it like when the Islanders were going in game six against the the lightning. I definitely probably made a deal with the devil at some point saying like, <laughs> if you, if the Islanders win this game and get us to game seven, like, I don't care if they ever win a game again or something like you do that as a fan. But, uh, you know, when, when an entire fan base is doing it, maybe it actually works. Um, <laughs> and I mean, like, I just genuinely don't remember. Um, I think the last time, like I was truly like excited and happy, like, like genuinely not just false hope um about the season was probably you know the the game against the jets and like mm. that, that that night just being like all right like this team's gonna coast to the playoffs like we're in <laughs> we're in islander mode or barry right. trot's islander mode and um that was in the beginning of november so we're talking like three and a half months and genuinely can't think about since then a moment where i've <laughs> felt that again so right. uh yeah it's it's just been it's been grueling and lonely and um it it's just it's yeah. hopefully just one season and that's because 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you, and you talked about it too. Like you talked about it a, a, several weeks ago about how the, there's never been a season like this where the disparity between the playoff teams and the non-playoff teams is so stark. And it, that really hasn't changed all that much. Yeah, the Caps have come back down to earth a little bit. They can't really buy a save. Uh, the Bruins need to, you know, kind of figure stuff out a little bit too. But like the other teams, the other fan bases that could possibly sympathize or empathize with Islanders fans are Coyotes, Devils, Flyers, Sabres, Senators. Like all these teams have had crappy seasons, but they've had crappy seasons the entire season. So they've never had really, I mean, the, the Senators, I guess, have had a couple of, couple of week stretches where they, you know, they beat the Leafs or the, you know, they look pretty good or something like that. I think they beat the Oilers at one point. They, they actually just came off a big win against uh, somebody. I can't remember now, but uh, oh, the Capitals actually, but uh, you know, the half season never got started and the Kraken fans, I mean, they're, they're new, so they get what they, they want, but like Coyotes fans went into this season knowing that their team was terrible. Sabres fans probably had a, just a tiny glimmer of hope and that got extinguished quickly. And then the Flyers, they had two double-digit losing streaks this season. So, I mean, and their team is – they fired their coach and the whole thing. So, um, but still, at the same time, like, nobody's really kind of sat down and been like, wow, this this is a lot of stuff that's happened to this team that you know, a lot of people thought was going to be really, really good this year. And so, you know, as, as coaches love to say, it's not an excuse, but – and then they list a bunch of excuses basically. But it's just – it just hasn't – it hasn't been a fun half season to me, you know, yeah. Okay. We could talk about false hope, but again, there have been moments where they have looked like themselves that jets game. We talk about a lot, the Canadians game that that was before that even parts of the, the Oilers game, they looked like themselves that game against the coyotes. Yes. All right. Fine. It's the coyotes, but like they shut them out here. They shut them out in, in, in uh, Glendale. They had that game against the, the golden Knights in Vegas that they looked really, really good. So, I mean, it's still there, which is why I'm I'm with you. I mean, any any coach firing talk is complete nonsense. I mean, if if you sincerely are sitting there thinking that Barry Trotz needs to go, then I, for one, welcome you to the Islanders bandwagon because you clearly haven't been a fan of this team for more than three seasons. Because we're here to tell you that if you fire a coach like this. Uh, you're going to spend a long, long time looking for another coach like this. I mean, <laughs> we've, we've, you know, in 30 years, they've had how many coaches with a clue? Two before two. Barry Trotz, yeah. you know, like so. Um, and one of them only lasted two seasons. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, to me, that, you know, the, the, the fact that you can see it is proof that it's still there. The problem is they just don't have the horses this year. And I think that they can actually get uh, back there and they can find those horses again. Now, how are they going to do that trade? I don't know. Who do they have to even trade? I mean, are they going to, I mean, is, is cloud clutterbuck or uh Simeon Varlamov or is it Dan O'Char going to get you uh, some, some more horses to play with? I don't think so. Um, I want to call out this tweet from our friend, Carrie Haber, who basically said, there's no need for a rebuild yet. Just get some transition back on defense. Bring in a guy who can play dynamic next to Barzell. Not necessarily a sniper, but somebody who he has some chemistry with. They can create high, you know, scoring chances and goals. And uh, basically just replace Le- Eberle and Letty. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, that's that's what they never did. And they can still do that and get back to where they were. Again, by adding some more speed and transition on the back end, getting somebody to finally play with Barzell and have a first line that creates scoring chances again. And they'll be fine. I don't know how they're going to get those guys, but that's a Lou Lamorello problem and have yeah. to figure it out. So, um, but you know, I think, I think it's, it'll be pretty quick. I think this team getting back to what they were could be quick if it's, if it's done the right way, basically. And they don't like kind of lose too many other pieces in, in service of getting new pieces. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's spot on, right? Like it's, it's pretty clear um, that the Islanders still have like, a, 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 a like a I don't want to say elite but like a, a very competitive contending core in mm. um you know Barzell Nelson at the top uh as as like the the one two center and then like even like if Cal Clutterbuck gets traded um and and the Islanders say you know what like the fourth line the best fourth line in hockey served them mm. almost a decade 
Like Meh. that's a lot longer than most fourth lines serve a team. Usually it's you bring in <laughs> Derek Ryan, Riley Nash, and uh, you know, Tim Jackman type and <laughs> and like that they play one season together and then they they talk about how great it was and then and then they go. And right. that's that's usually how teams adopt their fourth line. So um, you know, like I think Casey Sezekis and JG Pajot, whether you want to call if 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 Clutterbuck does go, it's between the two of them, like you you have a really good third and fourth line center as well. And obviously we've seen Noah Dobson really make a leap. And you're right. talking Dobson, Pollock, Pellick, and Mayfield. If he doesn't go, and you know, Ryan even Robert Sallow, if if uh if he's here next year, like you're talking about a really e- easy to like kind of work with spine and, and of a team, especially with the goaltending if, if they both are uh back and, and up to snuff and so it's like, yeah, it's, it's, you just got to feel along the edges and, and it's, uh, it, I think it's, it's, it's funny that Nick Letty, um, <laughs> cause the move at the time of trading Nick Letty was not only important and, and imperative, but everybody was like the, the return that he got from the Red Wings, Lou and whatever was great because everyone assumed that that was the hard part of the deal. Right. The easy part would be just finding you know, a Mike Riley type, someone who can move the puck in in the same kind of way of Letty uh, on the left side of the D. And like, they just never did, unfortunately. And um, I don't think like as, as bad as the experiments gone with, with big Z, like it's, he's not the reason that the Islanders aren't. No, like, not at all. Based on the playoffs, right? Like he's, he's, he's a symptom of, right. of it. Sure. But uh, th- we're talking about underwhelming seasons from just about everybody. <laughs> uh, and like I was alluding to before, like if you wanted to pick out a first half MVP, it's really hard because there's been so few that have stood out mm. at all. Like the first month of the season, Oliver Wallstrom was incredible. And then he's mm. completely gone off, you know, off the right. map in terms of what he's supposed to be doing, which is scoring goals. And uh, I think you could say the same thing for Sorokin was really, really good. Uh, and then he's dipped the past month. Nelson, I think, is probably the only player who's played at a really good level for every time he's been in the lineup. But he missed a bunch of games because he got hurt for the first time in his career. Like, like that's the other thing, too, the curses. Like, Pollock sets the record for most consecutive games played by a defenseman <laughs> next night out. Yeah. <laughs> Drop Nelson, Ironman streak out. Yeah. And, it, like, these these things are nuts. Uh, but – yeah, like you were saying, like there's, it's it's really, I don't even want to call it a retool. This is just a normal. It's going to be a normal thing, right? It's this is this is the team. This is who the team's going to be next year. Hopefully, they do get a little younger with with guys like uh, right. A2 Ratu and uh, you know Salo and whoever. Um, and and yeah, they're going to need to infuse something on the blue line from probably outside the organization and you know whoever it is. But they make the they get those two spots settled. Uh, it's not terrible, especially when you consider what the rest of, you know, 20 other teams are going to be in worse predicaments than the Islanders going into the off season. Uh, the, and you look at the division, the division, I mean, we say this every year and this is way too early to talk about it, but next year, like the Penguins and the Capitals should fall off and the, the Blue Jackets won't be good. The Devils should still probably be pretty bad. The Flyers are going to be bad. So you're, it's like, mm. it's going to be as soft as the, this division ever, has ever been. Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 not time to abandon this ship at all Hmm. Um, especially because like the ramifications of doing that means barzell's in a walk not a quote-unquote walk here but he's he needs a new contract after next season right he'll be an rfa right you you want to you trade away all his buddies and what do you think how do you think that's gonna go like it's not (laughs) that's not how this is gonna go this is gonna be a team that they're gonna not necessarily like i want to call it doubling down but they're sticking with this plan uh, for the next season and probably a couple of seasons after that, because they, it, that's what makes the most sense. And it's not, it's not like this isn't, they're not throwing a Hail Mary by doing that. That's, yeah. that's probably the most feasible, sensible solution here uh, to do. Yeah. 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 No, that's another thing. I don't, I don't even want to get into it, but yeah, Barzell is going to be looking at a, you know, $9 million or whatever, if you're their lucky contract and they're going to have to, but I, hopefully by then the, Seller cap has moved up an inch and, or and two. Not in that terrible of a spot, <laughs> no, for the cap. Like that's that. Like the right. if 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 they hadn't kind of div- diverted some of their cap issues this off season, things would be a lot worse. Uh, but luckily they did. Hmm. So hope like and that should give them a little bit more flexibility uh, as well. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I I fully believe that Clutterbuck is coming back, but he's making three and a half million this year. I feel like he's going to get the Matt Martin like million and a half <laughs> next year, something right. like that. Uh, you know, for another year or two. Because I mean, Cal actually of all those the guys in that fourth line has played pretty well this year. But you know, you know that's I, that's what makes me being like, oof. Yeah. It's that old that old you know, rock in a hard place of do sell high on this guy because he's having a great year and you yeah. see what teams play teams pay for these these yeah playoff type players. I mean, if they can get a second round pick for Cal Clutterbuck, that would I would take it and run. <laughs> I think they could get a first. Barclay Goodrow got a first round. That is true. Bay. Like I mean, it's these yeah. when these there's going to be because like he's going to be mentioned in rumors. So there's going to be a bidding war and at right. some point. You, you'd imagine in one of these teams are just going to be like, I ah, will just do it. Screw it. First yeah. round pick, and so uh, I yeah. wouldn't be. It wouldn't shock me like to see him get net the Islanders a first round pick and uh if i said that you know six months ago uh, <laughs> i'd say that's crazy but right. uh i don't he's played playing well and he's exactly the type of player teams want for the playoffs i was gonna say you bring up barkley goodrow i think for a good point because i mean could you not see cal clutterbuck on the tampa bay lightning oh yeah like- <laughs> And I wouldn't I, like as much as I hate them for what they did. Like right. I do, really don't mind if the Islanders, if if they do sell, solely work with the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay yeah. Lightning to make sure that <laughs> it's held oh, yeah. for the Leafs to get out of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, no, I don't think they. But, would like even the Hurricanes, who I also despise, being like, look, if you're playing, look, whoever's on pace to play the Rangers and the Leafs in the first round, <laughs> the lines are open. Right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that would be funny, and uh, and they might they might come back with a cup, you know, and, yeah. and resign with the Islanders later on. So, yeah, so I mean that that's that's basically the long and short of it. I mean, it's been a terrible first half of the season, but you know there are things out there. This is not like a sort of baby and bathwater situation here. There's there's reason to be hopeful if you choose to be that way, and you know they're going to need some work. And the other thing too is, I mean, I, we're not the only people sitting around talking about this, like. I, I'm pretty sure that Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz know exactly what their situation is right now. Like they can open up a newspaper or a website and see where their team is. In fact, Trotz said, you know, let's be honest, we're not where we want to be. We're not where, we're not where we thought we would be. They all know that. So, you know, they're, they're working this up. They don't have just cap friendly to stare at all day and be like, hmm, what can they get for Cal Club? You know, like they're, they, they know more than we do. And, and we have to hope that they can find the right pieces and they have the scouts to, to tell them who those pieces are. I don't know where they're going to come from and I don't know how they're going to get them to be honest, but I mean, I think they've earned a little bit of trust over the last couple of years, particularly this coaching staff. You know, if you want to, if you want to criticize the GM, well, you know, he's, he's, I think a big part of the reason why they've had such a terrible first half to be quite honest. But at the same time, again, I feel like some of the stuff is out of control and, and he deserves a chance to, to fix it and yep. figure out what to, what to, to, what to get to help the team out of this kind of situation. Yep, exactly. I couldn't couldn't agree more. <laughs> all right, well, there you go. Uh, okay, well, I think that's that's about it. I think we're, we're all pretty spent and uh, looking forward to actually actually they're technically they're already in their first half of the season. I, I looked and they've actually played forty two games. Uh, oh. It was uh, the Oilers game that that was their first half, but in any event, all still stands. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening. Um, if you have not already listened to our last episode of Weird Islanders on. Kirk Muller uh, with Michael Paul Smith, who's an actor and podcaster. You definitely should. We had a great time. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and it's it's fun to revisit that extremely terrible trade and <laughs> that cursed. You want to talk about cursed? Uh, a guy's cursed uh, existence as an Islander and the cursed video that that shows off uh, the uh, uh, season opener of the year with the Fisherman. Uh, you should definitely check that out. I, I don't think we're going to get to do a, a Weird Islanders this week, uh, but we'll come back next week and uh, we'll, we'll have another episode there. Uh, this week is just kind of a mess, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, we'll be back. Don't worry about it. Um, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. You did a line change today. You you put out a wonder goal I saw this morning. Uh, what what else is do you have on the uh, the horizon? That's really it. Uh yeah, Champions League uh, games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So just we're previewing those and uh, our normal uh, you know, line changes on Tuesday mm-hmm. and Thursday. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's really it. It's cool. Yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, I have no idea when the Champions League ever happens. It just sort of happens. And all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, what's going on? It's pretty cool. Uh, oh, and I hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. I know I was rooting for the Bengals. A lot of people were rooting for the Bengals, but uh, the Rams are 
they're fine. Whatever. It's, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I thought the halftime show was great. So there you go. It was uh, yeah. I just, I was, I was just kind of half expecting the NFL, just like Goodell being like, look, I know everyone's here to see the Cincinnati Bengals, but mm. uh, we decided just to bring out the Green Bay Packers. Like I just couldn't <laughs> believe that they, they really allowed the Bengals play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, well, but, well, once every 30 years, they, they yeah. do that. So. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, uh, it's gonna take. Um, this is gonna be the Super Bowl where it takes me probably the fewest amount of weeks to forget who played in it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. say by Earth Day, I'm gonna be asking someone, "Wait, who played in the Super yeah. Bowl again?" And uh, it was, it I couldn't even tell you who played last year. Yeah, but, it was definitely a forgettable Super Bowl. Yeah, so that way, aside from the, the presence of the Bengals for sure. And and uh, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it was what it was, and then it'll be done. But hey, you know what? Uh, you might not have baseball for a while, so well, you don't, we don't care about baseball here. Baseball doesn't exist on this podcast, but uh, you know that that might in, that might elongate the time you remember the yeah. Super Bowl champion for a little while, since we have to worry about any kind of that baseball stuff getting in and, and contaminating things. But uh, anyway, that's about it for us. Uh, so we'll be back next week and uh, enjoy the games. Maybe the Islanders can pull some wins together, and uh, we'll see where they're at next week. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye bye.